Hey y'all. Oh lord, here comes Chantal. What? Nothing. We just know you always with the shit. And is. So what you got for us this time? Oh, you know, just a little hookah, a little drink for our conversation. Well, what else is new? This episode. So let's get to it. Hey y'all, I see y'all wearing your masks, signing your petitions, wearing t-shirts, representing the movement, more power to all of you. But guess what? I have a new sponsor who caters into everything that you can think of with customizing and they're called Cab Customs. So look on Instagram, C-A-A-B-C-U. S-T-O-M-S. That's Cab Customs, also known as Home of the Culturally Wretched Apparel. Immediately when you go on your page, you'll see great shirts like, I love being black. It's dangerous, but it's dope AF. Y'all know what that means, right? Also, they have Breonna Taylor apparel and any apparel that you can imagine that'll speak your mind. And it's great for both men and women. So again, go on Cab Customs on Instagram or go on CabCustoms.com. But of course, make sure you tell them the glass Mike sent you. Thanks again. Back to the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another fun-filled episode of The Glass Mic, where there is no script, just transparent talk. I'm Chantal Says It All, and I am talking about some good stuff that y'all want to talk about, which is SEX. That's where y'all crave in, y'all tune in, y'all write your notes. So I'm going to go ahead and please the people. But before I do that, I have this segment called Trying-ish. Trying shit and trying shit, trying shit and trying shit, don't work. Trying shit and trying shit, won't work. Trying shit. And on this episode of Trying-ish, y'all know I do have an ambassador relationship with She Orgasms, but they don't send these babies in for free. These are called uh, She Fresh, they're vag vaginal pH suppositories. So if you're feeling a little off or uncomfortable, different things like that, these are what are able to make you feel more fresh. It's like a little cleanse. Um, Patreon, you all will be able to see the bottle. Podcast, if you all are interested on in seeing how it looks, reading the reviews, different things like that, of course, you can go on She Orgasms on Instagram or sheorgasms.com. Of course, use code Chantal so you can get a little happy at checkout. And y'all, I don't know what time you're listening to this, but in Central Time, it is 9.44 a.m. So I'm trying to give y'all the same Chantal I give y'all in the studio at 9.30 at night. I have my little morning breakfast concoction, a.k.a. some vodka and a little mixer. So I'm going to go ahead and drink that really quick, and then I'm going to introduce my guest. So cheers. Oh, that is strong. Okay, I see you. So everybody, you all know, if you're like me, you like to see who you're listening to, pull out your phone, go on Instagram and put your search bar up. While you're doing that, I'm going to go ahead and introduce my guest. She's going to say who she is. She is so gorgeous. Tell the people hello. 
Hey, hey, thanks for having me. This is Jess O'Reilly, your friendly neighborhood sexologist. And yeah, on Insta, it's, it's sex with Dr. Jess. That's what they call me. Okay. And so your Instagram is uh, the way it sounds? Yeah, just sex with Dr. Dr. Jess. It's so simple, y'all. There's no periods, no underscores, no one, two, three, four, five, six. It's a clean, simple name. And of course, you know, with the Instagram, what well, Instagram the way it is these days, people consider experts when you have a blue chick and she does, but she also has a PhD. Tell us a little about that. Well, uh, yeah, this was never my plan to become a sexologist. Honestly, I was a high school teacher. I was teaching uh, high school at an alternative school downtown Toronto. I'm a Canadian. And I had all these young people coming to me with, with issues, with unplanned pregnancy, with STIs, with unhealthy relationships. And so I went back and did a, did a doctorate that looked into how we can better support teachers to deliver effective sex ed. And of course, I, oh, I thought I'll get a job with the school board. That didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So I went into, you know, working on my own and speaking and doing some television and um, working more with the public in sexual health education. But I still volunteer in the schools and volunteer with the teachers. And that's that's my passion. Yeah. So see how your gift made room for you? I don't know if you listen to the show and if not, it's cool. You, I gain a new person and you gain a new subscriber for your podcast. But I always tell the guests on here what they have is a gift and you can make room for it or, you know, I guess I, I don't put religion on anybody, but whatever you believe in can make room for it for you, whether it's the universe, God, or whatever your belief is. So it sounds like you had a gift that you knew within something that you probably did most likely for free at some points. And even now that this is your career, you're still helping and going above beyond. The clock never stops. So <laughs> now you check in, check out. I'm sure that it's ongoing with you. And I yeah, love your, I love your page. It's very clean, very neat, very informative. Um, so as I was telling you earlier, I call my listeners and my followers the people. And I try to get them engaged with each episode. And yesterday I asked them some questions. I probably got some frowning faces from the saints on my timeline. And, the, you know, hey, don't put that out there. What is her husband thinking? What are her friends thinking? They're thinking this is Chantal because they know. But <laughs> <laughs> I asked some uh, fun sex questions. And I'm going to tell you the questions and I'm going to let you, if it's a poll, I'm going to let you guess the answer. Of course, I'll tell you that and we'll elaborate. So the first question that I asked was what makes a person a freak? I got a lot of responses. So I'm going to try to read the ones that are catching my eye. <laughs> I think, a, I think personally how long a person can go like rounds. If they are born during Scorpio season, I promise I didn't write that. I did not. I'm a Scorpio. I didn't write that. But I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't disagree. What's your sign? What's your sign? Uh, I'm an Aquarian. I had to think about it for a second. I'm right on the February cusp. Of, or February? February. I'm like almost a Pisces. I'm Feb 18. So I think I'm right on the cusp. Okay. You're right. Like four days after Valentine's Day. What the irony? Okay, I get it. Uh, someone said watching other couples fuck, uh, willing to try anything when they love sex all the time and willing to do anything that pleases their partner. And let's see, I'm going to find one more. 
Okay, someone said, isn't we all freaks? I'm like, what? No, we're not all freaks. But if you <laughs> if you want to feel that way, sure. So what is your definition of a freak? You know, I remember somebody talking about what makes something kinky. And I always say, you know, sorry, I should take it back. I'm not the one who first said this. I don't remember who said it, but I say it now that, that you yeah. know, anyone who's kinky or freaky is anyone who does anything you don't do. So it's right. Always about who's outside the lines, what's outside the lines. So if they're having more sex than me, oh, then I guess they're a freak. If they're doing these wild things that I'm afraid of, then they're a freak. So I think a lot of the time it comes down to how we judge other people and how we judge ourselves. And I also think that when we judge people as freaky, if we if we kind of attach a negative connotation to that, it's also because we wish we could be a little bit like that. We wish mm -hmm. that we could, you know, venture into that territory because when we're judging something, it's usually because there's something kind of exciting about it. Yes. And I agree with you because for me, this is what I consider basics during sex. Um, foreplay, of course, I feel that this should always be done always whether it's talking whether it's touch whatever your love language is that of course um i do feel or play for both uh me giving my partner head my partner giving me head um missionary straddling on top those are all basics to me so that doesn't for me that's not what i consider a freak you know what I'm saying? But somebody else might be like, girl, you just named everything on my list. So I understand where you came from. I understand totally. So the next question was, and this is where you got to uh, play statistics. Are you into kinks? Yes or no? What percentage did you say? What percentage do you think said yes? And what percentage did you think say, said no? Today in 2020, I'm going to say that at least, and and basing on your following, I'm going to say that at least three quarters are saying, yes, I'm kinky. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you, like I tell everybody else and they know, I didn't do well in math, but when it comes to money and stuff like that, oh, I know decimals, percentages, all that good stuff. So you are right. 77% said yes. <laughs> You are right on the nail. Right. And 23% said, what the fuck is that? Now, I never put on here who specifically said what, but I did go and look at the 23% that said, what the fuck is that? And I thought it was going to be mostly men, but it was women. Hmm. Yeah. I'm like, girl, let me show you how, like Cardi said, let me show you how to get this ring. <laughs> So while we're on the subject of kinks, can you give me your definition of what kinks are? Uh, well, again, I think it's quite a fluid definition, but oftentimes yeah. it's anything that moves beyond vanilla sex. And so, as I said before, if you're doing something that I'm uncomfortable with, I might consider it kinky. But, you know, from a more specific perspective, many of us will consider BDSM kink, right? So bondage, yes. discipline, dominance, submission, sadomasochism. So uh, kink, oftentimes people think of the physical elements of kink, but there are so many more layers to kink, the mental, the emotional, the relational. So sure, it can be, you know, kinky props like whips or floggers or handcuffs or other restraints or bondage rope or you know anything that ties from the ceiling uh, that's the that could be part of the physical side now and it doesn't have to be rough either kink of course can be really really gentle a feather can be kinky a warm mm -hmm. gentle hot wax applied with a beautiful makeup brush can be kinky 
hot water, cool water can be kinky, latex can be kinky. And that's from the, I think, physical visual elements that we often see more in perhaps mainstream representations. And of course, those are totally valid parts of kink. But another piece that I think we don't talk about as much are the emotional, the psychological uh, and relational components of kink. So playing with power in different ways, not only in physical ways, but in, in emotional ways and with, of course, consent. And so there are different ways of, you know, defining what consent looks like in kinky sex. Some people will talk about RAC, which stands for risk aware, consensual kink. Um, but when we think about emotional safety and emotional con- um, emotional consent, I like to think about all the subversive emo- of emotions. I like to think about all the subversive emotions that you wouldn't want to experience on a daily basis, right? So on a Tuesday at lunch, I probably don't want to feel jealous. On a Tuesday at lunch, I probably don't want to feel inadequate. On a Thursday afternoon in a meeting, I probably don't want to feel entirely submissive. But in the context, in the context of kink, in the context of a safe relationship, in the context of total informed consent, those feelings can be such a turn on, right? So I'm not turned mm-hmm. on by being jealous in the middle of the day, but when I'm feeling really aroused, when I'm feeling really safe, when I'm feeling trusting of my partner or partners, it can be such a turn on to, mm-hmm. to experience jealousy. So I always encourage people when they're exploring kink for the first time, not to just think about the physical elements, but all of the emotions attached to it, because everything, not just sex, everything we do is an emotional experience as human beings. Yes. So let me tell you, I'm the ghetto cousin. Um, (laughs) So you're the professional and I kind of say the street way. So uh, what I'm getting from me and you could you could agree or disagree. But do you prefer yourself being a submissive? Me? Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm what you would consider a switch. So I like like both the dominant and submissive roles. Um, I think over the course of my lifetime, it has probably depended on like where I was in the moment and where I am with a partner. I could Mm -hmm. say right now, I definitely feel more submissive because Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm giving so much energy every day on my like Zoom presentations and on my podcasts. And and you know what this is like to like speak to the public that when I get into the bedroom, I kind of just want to be taken care of. I just Mm -hmm. I don't want to make any more decisions. I don't want to like I don't want to choose the lube. I don't want to choose the toy. I don't even think about the position. Just like move me around. Do what you want with me. (laughs) Get yours. Let me get mine. And I'm good. Yes. So. Again, people, what we're trying to do, because, of course, and I always play the patient, too, as well. So I'm the ghetto cousin. I'm the patient. So my definition of kinks, the first thing I think of is, like you said, BDSM. I think of the mask. I think of the letter clothing. I think of the cock rings, the butt plugs, all of that stuff, the whips. And I want to leave this episode knowing more about what kinks are. So with me being a newbie, of course, like I said, I'm playing the person. So we don't know if I know this shit already or not. I'm going to let y'all decide (laughs) that. So with me being a newbie, what would you recommend for me to do or to introduce to my partner? Hey, I want to start doing kinky shit. If you're brand, brand new, you can actually look online 
at these lists, you've probably heard of them. They're called yes, no, maybe. So if you just Google yes, no, maybe, you'll get a whole bunch of options. And you, that can kind of open a conversation where you can say, I'm into that, I'm not into that, I'm not sure if I'm mm. into that. Uh, it's interesting that you say like butt, butt plugs and cock rings, because for me, I never think of that as kinky, but you have to remember, I'm entrenched in this every day. My house is full of cock rings and butt plugs. <laughs> they come from the mail all the time. I don't even ask for them. So. I think that would be a really good place to start with some sort of a prop. So for some people, it's just like their very first sex toy. For somebody else, it's more of a latex outfit. Uh, for somebody else, it might be watching more kink and BDSM porn or reading you know, a story if they're not into porn. I know not everybody's into everything. And you'll hear me here talk about everything and be okay with everything. But I'm not suggesting yeah. that that you need to do everything, right? You can have right. a hot sex life and enjoy missionary sex. And you can have a hot sex life and go to sex parties and dungeons all the time, right? And and it's interesting because we often think about, you know, going to a, a dungeon or a kinky play area and that it's going to be dangerous or edgy. And it's certainly edgy, but it's actually very safe, right? There are, you know, right. if it's a well-curated space, there are actual dungeon monitors <laughs> walking around making sure that people feel safe. You're constantly checking in. And so I think that, you know, any sex act and kink in particular, but every sex act begins with, with communication. So just talking about, you know, what, what appeals to me, where did you see it? If you're introducing it to a partner, can you say, Oh, I was listening to the glass mic podcast and they were talking about, um, they were talking about butt plugs, vibrating butt plugs. Uh, I was thinking, Oh, that's, that's kind of interesting. How do you feel mm -hmm. about that, right? So like, you give your source. So I, I heard it on the Glass Mic podcast or I saw it in a television show because Netflix has all of this stuff now. And then say, you know, I'm feeling a bit curious and ask your partner how they're feeling. So you're not coming at them and saying, all right, I saw this in a porn. We're doing it tonight. No choice. Lie down. Here's the whipped cream. Here's the honey. Here's the sandpaper. We're ready to go. It's more, you know, posing it as, a, as an open-ended question so you can have a conversation. Yes. So basically the goal, if your partner, um, well, it depends on what your partner is, whether it's same sex or if you all are two different genders. So of course my partner is male, but I try to set the tone and I've learned from a lady named X Goody on my uh, season one episode two to say oh, partner in certain Yes. She she's here in Dallas as well. And so mm -hmm. she she said that she kind of followed my tone because she says partner. But because I was saying husband, of course, I was a patient at the time. I was saying husband. So she said husband. But now I've learned to say partner. Of course, everyone know who's my who my partner is. But I want to go ahead and make that traction as soft as it can be. So my goal is to make my partner pussy whip. And I want to be dick whipped. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, because I'm so dominant in so many areas of my life. I'm dominant in the Chick-fil-A line. Well, they're nice. So let me say somebody that's mean. Popeyes. So let's just say Popeyes didn't put my three tenders in there. They put two. Like, um, no, I'm not pulling off until you get one tender. Baby, he's telling me, baby, just go. Like, you ain't got to check the food the window. Uh-uh. Uh-uh, uh-uh. So I'm already dominant and stuff like that. So when I'm in the bed, I want you to be like that on me. Like, don't say nothing. You know, you can call me bitch. I don't care about the bitch word when it comes to sex. So you can call me bitch. You can do whatever. Because I already told myself when I made that lifetime commitment with my partner, nothing is no unless it's something that's bad or pedophilic or anything like that. So let me go to the next question because I am lit. <laughs> I asked them, what's some sexual things you're curious about? 
I'm going to read the first screen. Bondage, two girls. This is from a woman. A threesome, feet fetish, a little bondage, a little discipline, nothing too extreme. I'm a dom, so I'm educated in most areas. That was a man. <laughs> the lady pun, dom plus sub. So what I'm just going to tap into you and your partner because I see that y'all call each other partner as well. So I'm going to tap into your personal business. Uh, I know that you're a doctor and you're an expertise in this field, but what are some sexual things that you're curious about? Oh, great question. Um, so I've been really lucky over the course of my, I guess you could call it career, <laughs> um, to get to see a, a lot of live sex. Uh, because I go to sex clubs, because I, I go to this clothing optional resort in, well, I used to pre-COVID, but I would go down every season, like three or four times a year, to this place in Mexico called Desire Resorts, where there are areas where people have real live sex. And go ahead. So I have a quick question. Are they older? Because, you know, I hear about that a lot. And I've been to a sex club before. But the new beach I haven't. Are they like our age are they a little older so uh two things it's actually not just a nude beach because nude nude beaches are usually about getting naked this is about something different like yes you can be naked okay. but also it's an erotic environment so, so like nude on the beach literally um, Yes, the, the beach is a little harder, but just up from the beach on the jacuzzi area, they have all these four poster beds. And the people really, age, the age range is like 35 to 55 at its core, I would say. I, I would say like average is 40 to 45, but I know that nudists, um, they don't ever want us to confuse or conflate what we're doing with what they do. Because nudism okay. is not sexual. It's just about getting naked. Um, naturists, it's often also like a political statement that takes away the layers of status that come from clothes. This is something different. We happen to be naked, but it's also a sexual environment. And for me, the first time there was just so incredible to see like real live bodies having sex now you're not staring sitting there watching yeah. unless they you know invite you to <laughs> mm -hmm. um but that really helped to i think open my mind and quell some of the curiosities i have now what am i curious about now oh i suppose it would be things that i haven't done yet so for example i've never tried pegging and Ooh, can you tell me? the people i know what it is i don't think i'm going to ever do that <laughs> But can you tell the people what pegging is? So pegging refers to putting on a strap on and having sex with your partner. And it's usually in the sense and not always, but it's often in the hetero sense of a woman putting on a strap on and then using that strap on penis on or strap on dildo on a male partner in their butt. But it doesn't have to be that. It can be other configurations. And so that's something I've never done. And um, yeah, like I, I've learned about it from a fellow sex educator named Luna Matadas. She has a whole brand called Peg the Patriarchy and she's an expert in it. So I'm definitely curious about that. And uh, I have seen it. Uh, I have seen it in action. In yeah, I've seen some pegging. It was by accident. <laughs> I used, I used, I, I think this is where I saw it, but it's kind of a blur. I used to host a show for Playboy TV called Swing. And 
so it was about couples who were all swingers and they lived in this house. And every weekend I'd bring in a new couple who wanted to try swinging. And I'd kind of walk them through the process and make sure they felt safe and were communicating. And then they'd have their night and maybe they got a chance to swing. Maybe they didn't because it was totally unscripted. It was actually real reality TV. And so sometimes they'd connect with one of the couples and sometimes there just wouldn't be chemistry. And the next day I'd go back and make, you know, just make sure they were okay in their relationship and kind of do some, they call it therapy, but it's, it's, you know, on screen conversation. And, and the people who lived in the house were the most sexually enthusiastic people oftentimes. Like I'd come out of my dressing room and there's no cameras on and just for their own pleasure, they would be doing things. And I do remember one person putting on a strap on uh, and playing with it. I can't remember if it was actually pegging or not. I don't remember the details. Uh, but I haven't seen a lot of strap-on sex, period. So I, I've only seen a little bit of it. So that's something I'm curious about. Okay. Um, I think, I'm trying to think what else, because, you know, I've seen threesomes, and I've seen orgies, and I've, you know, watched lots of people going down on one another, and all for educational purposes, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, regardless, it's a personal and a business win-win, right? Of course. And it's it's just so eye-opening to see real people with real bodies doing what they really want to do instead of what we mostly see on porn, which is directed, yeah. right? Like open your right breast to camera too. You know, push harder, squirt a little harder, grab it harder, get your nipples mm-hmm. hard. All of those directions um, oftentimes take away from the authenticity. And of course, there are exceptions. There are there are porn companies um, like Royal Fetish Films. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but uh, mm-hmm. Royal yeah, write them down. Um, Royal Fetish Films by Jet Setting, Jasmine, and King Noir. They produce. I know what they King call- Noir. I, well, I don't know him personally yet, but I've heard of him. <laughs> oh, they're so amazing. They're, they're interesting. They're performers, they're producers, they're entrepreneurs, they're sex educators. But they actually, I was talking to Jasmine, and they actually talked to their actors and performers about what turns them on? What do you like? What do you want to do? And so the experience is, of course, produced, but the type of porn is different because the performers are really enjoying themselves. And that to me is really interesting. Same thing, you know, when I'm at a sex club or I'm at a sex resort, uh, you know, these folks are doing things because it feels good for them. And there's, that's such a learning opportunity, you know, for me, both personally and professionally, as you said. Yes. So yeah, I'm the same way as you. Now the pagan thing, I haven't, Went toward that way, yeah, but again, which I, I don't, at this point, 2020 is revealing so much shit, I can't even say no more. I don't think he would, but if he ever introduced that, then I'd be like, okay, you know, I feel like, and I'm going to ask you a question, can pegging be a girl on another woman, like a girl on girl, or is it only if a girl does uh, a male? Or, well, you know? That's a good question. And there'll probably be people who disagree with me. Um, Some people might just call it strap on sex, but it tends to be used in uh, that kind of subversive way of flipping the scripts of gender with a woman doing it to a man, but it doesn't have to be that way. Listen, like I'm not in charge of the language. (laughs) No one's in charge of the language and anyone who says they are, um, you know, is is being a little bit, um, I think, controlling. But yes, you can absolutely do it with any gender you want. So this is my thing, and I normally I do Patreon at the end, which is what I call the after party. You're familiar with? Uh, are you familiar with OnlyFans, or have you heard of Patreon? 
But all, all of them, yes. Okay, good. Because some people are like, what is Patreon? So basically, like things that I don't say on the show, and I say so much shit on here. What'll happen is I'll say the more concise and explicit shit on Patreon. So I may tell you specifically what I may frown upon and what I may like, but I'm going to go ahead and jump the gun and say it on here. So y'all <laughs> get a little sample of how I talk on Patreon. So some sexual things that I will turn away from is the pegging. I mean, you know, I was, I would be like, what? But it's like, it's, it's so unfair that women, we get to try stuff and we can say, oh, well, I don't like porn, but when I watch porn, I watch lesbian porn and we don't get frowned upon, but let a male say that, like, you know, I don't watch much porn, but the one I watch is same sex porn. Then we're like, what? You know what I'm saying? He could probably had never, at, you know, took a journey or adventures try on it. But the fact that he said, it's like, what the hell? So this. I've been kind of at this age learned to not uh, just assume or expect what someone's preference is. But this year showed me like things that you may have a 100 percent, no, no doubt about it. Perception of what someone thinks is not true. So I may in my mind think, okay, he's not thinking about none of this shit. But one day he may be like, well, okay, since you're talking bitch shit on your podcast saying I can come to you about anything, I want to watch this type of porn. So you down or not? So, but I'm like, I never thought that. But since you are, let's give it a go because we're together. What well, we said to get, we're together and it's staying forever. So how can I contradict myself and say that in front of all these people? But then we're here and you're being bold enough to tell me what you like, I give you the side eye. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's that's such a great point. And it's such a gift for your partner to share their fantasies with you. Yes. And and we is. have to we have to remember that like a fantasy doesn't mean you want to do it. It means that there's something about it that turns you on. Right. In fact, it, you know, threesomes, for example, are like this super hot fantasy. Uh, so many people fantasize about it, but not everybody wants to try it. And in my experience, Many couples find that it's actually hotter in fantasy than in reality because the reality mm -hmm. is work. You have to like be considerate of three people in the room in terms of their feelings, their physical comfort. So it can be hotter to explore these fantasies without ever actually trying them in the flesh. Right. Because in my mind, it's like, you know what? I'm so chill. And this is my thing. If we're good in a relationship capacity where we have trust, um, commitment and communication, if we have that here, then I know we had a sexual. So we went to, like I said, we've been to the sex club before. So when I went there, I already knew I trust my partner. I love my partner. And I know how my partner is in all of these settings. So if we do decide to do something there, I know that it's just what it is. It's just living in this adrenaline moment in the sex club, fucking somebody else. And that's it. That's fucking. It's not, okay, this bitch gets on my nerves. She talks too fucking much. I'm going to find me somebody in here today and then tomorrow we're going to uh, link up and I'm going to divorce her, get married to her. Like it's none of that. So I appreciate you saying that. And that really does, you know, expose people's minds because even like I think you said earlier, well, I know you said earlier, like someone wants to introduce something. They don't, they need to say, well, Hey, I heard this on XYZ. I saw this on a uh, sex with Dr. Jess page. Can we look into that or what do you feel about that versus, oh, we're doing this. If, you know, you're my man, you signed this, you said at the altar, you're going to marry me. You have to do it. Like, no. Um, so I do value that you said that. And I hope that people can hear this and be like, okay, it's some things that they said that I may have agreed with or not, but 
as taken in tune versus just like, oh, no, no, no. Because once you do, oh, no, 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 that's and learning. I'm just 28. But learning when you are so against something, sometimes that comes back to bite you in the ass in another department, whether it's your partner or you may have a child and they like this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why like, don't be homophobic. Like, okay, you may not agree with it and you don't have to agree with it. But when you do like bashing or trying to tear somebody down, it's going to come back on you. Like your mom may reveal herself. Like, yeah, she had me and grandkids. Why is she that? She's that. Um, your child, you know, I just say be open-minded. You don't have to agree or disagree, but at least listen. This episode of The Glass Mic was brought to you by Destiny Cash Jones State Farm Agency. She wants to be the best part of your worst day. Her agency offers auto insurance, homeowners insurance, life insurance, health supplement plan, vehicle loans, and home loans. And again, her name is Destiny Cash Jones. She's located in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. So she specializes in us Texasippians. So people who've moved from Mississippi to Texas, those from Louisiana that moved to Texas, and that 1% that are actually from Dallas, Texas. Her office is available Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And on Saturdays by appointment only. Now, you know she's trying to be the ultimate neighbor because on Saturdays, everyone is off and letting their hair down. But she has her running shoes ready to work for you. Her and her agents can be located at 14902 Preston Road, Suite 912. That's in Dallas, Texas, 75254. Her number, 972-737-8380. And she's on the web at www.destinycashjones.com. Like a good neighbor, Destiny Cash Jones State Farm is there. And back to the show. Um, the next thing I asked was, what's some sexual things you turn away from? So this time I'll switch it up on you. I, you could tell me what you think they said, and then I'll tell you some answers. And it's more than one answer, so you have the floor. Hmm. Okay, so what do people turn away from? Um, I think a lot of people turn away from anything that's consensual non-monogamy, like swinging, um, threesomes, that type of stuff. Because as you said, you're able to differentiate between what is just sex and what is the relationship. But for some people, that feels like a threat to their relationship, and that's perfectly valid. So I think people turn away from that. Uh, I, I would say, like, because I hear everything, I think a lot of people turn away from, like, scat play and water sports. So, like, playing with pee and poo, lots of people turn away from that. But some people are into it, and that's cool, too. So you said scat play again. So I'm gonna go ahead and tell you my little cheat code. So one, I know a lot of the people probably follow the shave room. They um posted a story about ODB and a woman that said she had an entanglement with him and said that he liked scat play. So if you didn't see that post, um Dr. Jess is gonna tell y'all what scat play is. Yeah, so scat play tends to refer to anything that involves playing with poo. So it's funny, I went to this um, very, very, very high-end private dungeon once in, in Zurich, 
So just, just outside the city of Zurich in Switzerland. And they had set up this huge loft as a, you know, kinky play zone. And one of the play zones was a clear toilet. So it was almost like a bench. And so somebody could either go to the bathroom on top of it and you could lie under it to see everything. Um, or you could remove the, the, the circular area and make a hole and actually go to the bathroom so people could see it. So some people are into this. I mean, we have this big saying, don't yuck someone else's yum. So even if you're not into it, even if for you, it's gross, that's, that's totally going to be fine. the name of the episode. Don't <laughs> yuck yum. I like it. Yeah. Don't yuck my yum. And I, I think again, if you don't like what someone else is doing, or if it turns you off, why do you care? Right? Like, why are you worried about what someone else is doing? So for example, I'm not into poo play. I actually hate, hate poo and probably have my own poo hangups that I have to work on. <laughs> it's understandable. Yeah, I mean, but I and I'm very sensitive to smells, but I can understand that, you know, other people are into it and I can still advise them and on how to do it more safely and talk to them about their, uh, you know, related feelings. So I think that's probably one of the things people listed. Did that make the list or was that that too much? <laughs> there might have been too much. I'm gonna go ahead and read those out loud. So leave my booty hole alone. Threesomes. I don't do anal or men. Anal, my ass, cause nah, anal. The whole group six thing, too risky these days. So, yeah, one of the things yep. you said. Bitch fucking me in my ass, so I'm assuming that's a man. Pegging. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, basically, the majority, majority was anal and um, threesomes. So, what was I about to say? You know what's funny? And before I say what's funny, I know your descent because you have it in your bio, but can you tell us your ethnic descent? Oh, yeah. I'm Chinese, Jamaican on one side. Uh, so my mom's from, from Kingston. My, lots of family's still there. And then my dad is Irish Catholic from Canada. So I'm mixed. Mixed up yeah. a, a little bit a little bit of everything. Um, but you know what? I, you, what you're saying is so interesting to me. So anal and threesomes are yes. two of the biggest themes in porn. And so because porn has really normalized anal and threesomes, I think there is pressure that like, well, if we're going to have sex, we need to do these things. But the reality is that even though, you know, many people do have some form of anal sex, even if it's just playing on the outside, um, I think it's it's on the rise in, in terms of frequency of anal, especially among younger people. But there's also a ton of people who aren't into it, but we feel like we should be into it because of this kind of pluralistic ignorance, which means we think everyone else is doing it. And so we pretend that we're into it too, when in fact, we don't really like it. Threesomes are less common. Like most people are not having threesomes, although, you know, a considerable number are. It's not like it's more than 1% probably who are trying it. I can actually look up that data on threesomes, but I think it all comes down to pressure, right? In the absence of comprehensive sex education, we use porn as our model. We don't have any other model, right? With every everything else in life, like with relationships, we don't watch the Real Housewives and think, oh, that's how I should plan my relationship because mm -hmm. we have relationships all around us from whom we can learn. But with sex, we don't have anywhere to see and learn about real live sex. So we just turn to porn and porn, of course, is like, watching the circus and thinking it's that you dramatics. can yeah yeah exactly it's, you're you're a sexual olympian yes because let me tell you so i'm into i'm gonna go ahead and tell you what kind of porn i like but of course it's like cunnilingus right so i like seeing a woman being pleased orally and with me it's like 
I learned the term from Goody again, oily fixated. I'm very oily fixated. So when I'm pleasing my partner, like I have a taste for like right now, it's fucking 1019 Central Standard Time, which is 1119 your time. And I'm on this edible. I'm on this morning concoction. And I just want to text my partner, come home from your lunch break. I need to suck that shit right now. So I'm a pleaser. So when I watch these porns, it's like, it's like, what are you doing? Like, I know that move right there is not making them feel good. And they're making these sounds and it's turning me off. Let me go to page 55 and find a porn. You know, from page one to page 55. Let me find some shit I like. Um, but yes, like, I think that you definitely need to see what your partner is into. And just, first of all, they're not going to tell you unless they're comfortable. So some things that you may turn away from, again, going back to the question, maybe some things they like, but based off of your temperature, like how we said, we're dominant. Like, I feel like you're like me. Yeah, I'm dominant when it comes to my career and my shit, because I know what the fuck I'm talking about. But when it comes to my partner, you see the softer side of me. And it's like, baby, I want you to tell me how you feel. Like, I want you to feel like you're comfortable telling me. So if your partner ever says something that may be outside of the box. You're like, okay, first of all, I'm glad you even told me this because if you told me this, you'll tell me anything. And that's, I'm going to drop a little tea. Normally I smoke my hookah, but it's so early. I never smoke hookah this early. I don't think I'm going to do it today Um, when I drop a nail. So that's why a lot of partners are cheated on. It's not because of your looks or your finances or the chemistry. It's the fact that they don't feel comfortable telling you they want to get, you know, their salad sauce. But Judy over here likes to toss salad and she's not judging your partner. She's actually putting your partner on the pedestal. And next thing you know, his, the salad toss is over here. But you're thinking, oh, they don't love me. It's, no, they love you, but they don't feel that they're in this safe space. So I that's, think that, it's so important. The judgment, like that's the key word. You don't yeah. have to like the same things. You don't even have to toss the salad. You don't have to do all yeah, the Yeah, that things. was just an example. Yeah, no, I like it. <laughs> I just like to say it. But I'm saying you don't have to do it all. But if you're judging your partner, that's when we run into a compatibility issue. And I'm not saying it's okay for them to run off and cheat. But when you when somebody shares something so intimate and vulnerable with you, which is everything to do with sex, and they are met with, with judgment, that really yeah. brings you oftentimes bring you to brings you to an impasse. So if you catch yourself judging, take responsibility and say, okay, I'm judging. What is it about this that scares me or makes me uncomfortable? Or if I can't fulfill this need or this, it's not a need, this desire, what yeah. else can we do that fulfills one component of it? Right. You know, it's like, for example, one partner says, I want to have a threesome. Great. You can want whatever you want. You can ask for whatever you want, but I can also say no, but let's, let's not end it with no way, no how end of conversation. Let's, let's begin a conversation with, yeah, you know, I don't think I'm into that, but let's explore it more. Like, let's talk about what about a threesome appeals to you, right? How is it you want to feel? Do you want to feel like overwhelmed with pleasure? Can we talk about a threesome? Can we watch threesome porn? Could we just, you know, use the kind of role play to, to pretend we're having a threesome? Could we have a digital threesome with somebody on a cam site? There are all these different things you can do. You don't have to do the thing but if you judge them if you're like no that's nasty yeah. that's when you shut down the conversation and the yeah. shutting down conversations kills relationships it's yeah. not it's not that you don't meet their sexual needs why the relationship suffers it's because you're not open to talking about these sexual desires mm -hmm. because and at and again like this is how i feel so let's just say if me and you are partners and you say well chantal 
you know, I just want to lick a circle one day. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 blah, blah, blah. You are just curious about it. But the fact that I am against it, that may make you want to try it even more. And you'll end up doing it versus you saying again, Chantal, I want to try tasting a circle one day. And I say, let's watch some videos. About, like you said, let's watch some videos. If you want to go on this site, let's try to find somebody that's into it. And you may be with me, but like, you know what? I think this is just a fantasy. I don't think I want to try that. But the fact that I even said, hey, I'm I'm open to see what you're about. Not once did I say how I feel. You think I'm probably down with it. But honestly, you down. I'm like, well, why the fuck they want to? But you can't tell that regardless of my opinion, I'm supporting you. So you may come to think like, you know what? I really don't like that. And I think that's how a lot of entanglements and I love them. I'll say forever. I love children. But that's how a lot of children on, on this earth because people were against how they felt. And of course, when you feel like you're antagonized and against, you're going to fight that. So fighting could be trying it or leaving or cheating or whatever. So I love that. I love that when I ask you questions, you go in depth with it because it's just expanding, exposing and confirming thoughts that I've already had. So I want to ask you a couple of more questions for the second time. I asked, how often do you try new things in bed? I'm going to let you play statistics again. What do you? What percentage did you think said all the time? And what percentage did you think said little to none? Is that the only two choices? Yeah, so it's basically a yes or no. Oh, okay. So I'm going to say like 50-50. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to plug. I know she's going to plug herself in. S-E-X. W-I-T-H-D-R-J-E-S-S. Y'all remember in college, we were using Mathway to try to answer the questions, uh, to do our homework, to get, well, y'all probably didn't, but I did, because I told y'all I took at math. I used Mathway for answers, and it was spot damn on. She is spot on with the answers. 52% said all the time. 48% said little to none. If that ain't 50-50, I don't know what it is. We you did it. Spot on. Nobody's ever spot on with the poll. I'm in your head. <laughs> you are. We got that Aquarius Scorpio vibe going in. I ain't going to lie to you. I be talking shit about Aquarius. My mom is one, so I know them firsthand. But this is what I say. Y'all have a heart of gold. Y'all are going to give your last. You give things without asking. If you feel like I need it, like you said something about, oh, I get toys all the time. Okay, well, me and Shantai had a great conversation. I haven't used these toys. I'm just going to sense her. Fuck it. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the personality y'all have. But let me piss y'all off. Indian fucking givers ain't going to talk to me. And when you do talk to me, you're going to talk to me like shit ain't never happened. So you ain't talked to me for three months. All of a sudden, you text me, Chantal, we had a great conversation. I got some new Texas followers and some followers that talk country like you, but I know they're from you, so fuck it. And I'm like, didn't you just kiss me out? Um, three We're not talking about that. That's the vibe I get from Aquarius. Oh, Aquarius. Oh, we're two-faced, huh? <laughs> That's, yeah, borderline Gemini's shit. Mm, I didn't so know I, that. Well, I just made it. Like, hey, you said it's no terms. I, I say Aquarius are cousins to Gemini's. I love Gemini's though. So I asked them also, do you have some things that you want to try but are scared to ask your partner? Last statistic question. What percentage did you think said yes? What percentage did you think said no? Oh, I don't know about this. So I'm afraid to ask my partner. I would go with like 40 or not afraid and 60 or afraid or something like that. Mm, it's my not as off. close as the other ones, but it's still close. I lost. It's like Pick off by off. nineteen. It's like <laughs> off by nineteen percent. 
So 21% said yes, they're afraid. 79% said no. That's so good. I'm so happy to yeah. hear that. Because you know the 80-20 rule, that's that's as good as we can get. I'm so glad people are are, you know, comfortable asking their partners. Yes. And I also asked them, you know, if your partner wants to introduce sexual kinks, would you do it? And again, unless you want to answer it, I'll let you answer it. I feel like 80% will say yes, at least. Yeah, she on the mark. I better follow her. <laughs> I, look, I told, I told, they already know when I have a doctor on the show, whether it's my friend that has a doctorate or a guest such as yourself, I'm going to hype you up. Doctor, doctor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She was on the mark again. So 90% said I'm down for whatever. And then 10% said that's not for quote unquote us. Uh, the majority of the people are African-American. I do have some listeners that are in Canada, uh, the UK oh. and Australia. Um, and they could be quote unquote us as well. Um, but that's the 10% they said that's not for us. So at least the majority of quote unquote us said yes. So that's going in the right direction. And I'm going to give you three uh, questions that I asked them. I said, what's something you'd ask a sex slash relationship expert? So three responses. One, um, what is the healthiest amount of times for a partnership to have sex each week? Okay, so that's a great question. I have to give a little bit of a longer answer. There is no answer that applies to everyone. But what we do know is that in long-term relationships, sex becomes less frequent. And we also have a wealth of data showing that the more often you have sex, the happier you are in the relationship. So those two things are important, important to one another, positively correlated. But that relationship is what we call curvilinear. And what that means is that they both go up together, happiness and sexual frequency. But once sexual frequency continues to climb beyond once per week, the happiness doesn't follow. <laughs> so I, I think it really depends on your age, right? Like if you're 25 without kids, you're probably going to be having sex more than someone who's like yeah, 40. Yeah, kids running around here. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, I think that once a week is what we consider this magic number. But I just want to remind you that that may not be enough for many of you. And that's okay. You're not a freak. Nothing's wrong with you. If you want it three times a week, five times a week, that's okay. You just have to talk about it with your partner. If you don't want it often at all, that can also be okay, right? Some people don't desire sex as often, just like some people don't like a chocolate sundae. And so everybody has to figure out what works for them and communicate it to their partner. Yes, I agree with you. Um, also, what was something else I was about to say? So yeah, the amount of time of sex. So we don't have children in my partnership. You know, it's just us. We can walk around this bitch naked, Pierce titties hanging, curved, dick hanging, all this shit. Um, but I do I do hear people say, well, you know, well, married people don't have sex that often. There's so many married people in my inbox. We don't know what's in that relationship for them to be in your inbox because they could be fucking all day, every day, and they still in your inbox. Or they may be fucking once a month or a quarterly cleaning, as you want to call it. Quarterly cleaning. <laughs> cleaning up those vast deference. You know, just enough for you not to put alimony or child support on me. So we we don't know why they're doing it. But I do understand when you, like, 
sex can play such an important role. Like I said, the communication for me, communication trust is to be there. We can have chemistry and you've been unemployed for 30 months, or we can have chemistry and you know, you're doing the damn thing, but I need the type of sex that's gonna make me be like, you know what? Uh the energy bill said they're gonna cut this stuff out tomorrow, but you done fucked me so good. I'm finna just find a gig job and work till the sun come up. Like that dick or that pussy gave me so much motherfucking energy, I can move on with my day. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's some sex, you know, I had chemistry, but it's routine. Like, okay, my husband, this shit about the size of my damn index finger. And I ain't been pleased, but I love you and your money good because I ain't been working. So I have to have sex with you because if I don't, you're gonna divorce me. It's I think it's those two, two different things. So what you said again has hit spot on. Another question asked, uh, oh, how can I keep fucking other women and love my woman? Well, hopefully you do it um, honestly, right? Like the reality is some people are in ethically monogamous relationships. Uh, if you really love somebody you want to be honest with them and you want to figure out if your needs are aligned so if you're if you want your partner to be monogamous but you don't want to um they need to be on board for that and that's probably less common so yeah if if you want to ha have your cake and eat it too that's totally possible within the context of an ethically non-monogamous relationship but if you're doing it behind their back it's just cheating yeah, and it's just is what it is. And I just put in my little mind, you know, I speak things into existence. I put things out there and it starts off with the tongue and then the mind follows. So I always tell myself, you know what? We're going to be very successful. I just definition of successful. Successful to you may mean a dollar amount of wealth. Successful to me may mean I woke up today and I didn't cry. I didn't have a bad depression. So regardless, I want to wait, you know, grow one day to be very successful. And I think my definition of successful with my partner is I know my partner is for me. They know I'm for them and we're human. We want to try shit. We've been exposed to so much. Social media has intensified how much we are exposed to. And if my partner today has an opportunity to fuck and I'm just throwing nice out there um, of, of, c-list celebrity i know that they had the opportunity they want to take advantage to see what it was like to fuck this c-list celebrity it has nothing to do with our partnership and they love me and it turns them on even more makes their dick harder makes their pussy wetter because i supported them and they're like you know what this is what love is my partner loves for me, me for me and i've been fighting fighting these things since my childhood my preteens my adulthood and they let me get to explore this i thought i'd never be able to explore it because i heard life commitment it's like damn i'm locked up i can't do shit no more but my partnership opened me to do it and i that makes me even juicier and harder that's how i look at love that's how i look at a partnership a marriage whatever you want to call it it's not just oh this person's gonna die being the last person that I fucked the fuck me like if that's like that is cool but I also understand that when I am called home or when they're called home my partnership definition is I got to do everything I'm the type of person where I'd rather try something and regret it than I try it at all I'm more than confident that my partner's the same way 
I love the way you put that. I love the way you also success means so many different things. But yes. I got to ask you, why are you only giving them a C list, C list celebrity? You couldn't give them a B list or an A list. A list, you know what? That, those are the things that you least expect surprise you the most. So, I, I like I said, I do examples. So, if it's an A list, then you know what? I'm the type of person like I'm hiding as you can tell. I don't even have lashes on. It looks like I might have a little lash, but I'm the type of person like, oh my gosh, you fucked Jada. <laughs> you are a little country boy from South Jackson and you fuck Jada who no, was no, he off? He didn't fuck her. He just got into an entanglement. Yeah, an entanglement. <laughs> like, you know, you, you had a Jamaican in you. So, nigga, like, are you kidding me? That's the type of person, like, I'm a hype woman, but it's different, like, how we, you know, had that agreement. It's different if Okay, you told me I'm the only woman for you. You're not looking at all that. But then I found a video you got leaked with fucking Jada. Like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? She has two different scenarios for the same thing. Yeah. And consent is the line, right? Like, just people, because I work with so many couples who are in more open relationships or what we call ethically non-monogamous relationships, people will criticize them and say, oh, it's just an excuse to cheat. And I'm like, no, it is the opposite of cheating because they're both agreeing to this. This is something totally, cheating is when you go behind someone's back. Cheating is when you promise somebody one thing and give them something else. Ethical non-monogamy is something entirely different. And I'm going to tell you a little secret and I might get banged for this and you can tell me if I, like you can kind of show me a little face mark and then I go from there. But I think that when the entanglement that we just spoke about got exposed, I think that both parties knew, all parties knew about that already. It just got exposed to the limelight. And oh, yeah. of course, you have to put the same face on, which is fine because, you know, you have a brand. You have to protect your brand. But I think that the brand was protected, followed up by interviews. And if that's the case where they both knew already, me being the outsider, that's fine because my marriage is not y'all marriage. When I start critiquing shit, that's when my shit going to go south. So I'm not going to critique none of y'all shit. But I do feel like they already knew they're going to still stand strong. You see, we haven't talked about, we haven't heard anything about somebody filed for divorce or someone separated. For all we know, they may not have sex like that with each other. They may have sex with other people, but that's their partnership. Mind your partnership business and you will flourish. When you start minding other people's shit, that's when shit starts going downhill. And then you find yourself uh, well, you may not be a celebrity. You might be finding yourself on Facebook or a group or some other random shit. You agree with me? I love it. Absolutely. I mean, I said the same thing about like Bill Clinton. The issue wasn't that he was cheating on her. The issue was that people found out. I mean, there are all sorts of relationship arrangements. And I think, again, like I know that people get their back up and say like, well, how can they do that? I could never do that. That's fine. You don't have to do it. You do what works for you and you make it work for you. I think a lot of the time people are threatened by ethically non-monogamous relationships because they secretly want a little piece of it. They wish that they were... Now, not everybody does. Some people are perfectly happy in monogamous relationships. So I don't think one is better than the other. I think one is better than the other for you, maybe, or for me. And we have to figure out what works in our specific circumstance. Like what works for Brandon, my my partner, my husband and I, may not work for you and yours. Like we just... And, and and honestly, it doesn't matter because it's up to us to work out what works for us and to make mistakes. You said that, that we're imperfect. Right. Because this is how I feel again. Whatever you believe in gives you free will because whatever you believe in, whether it's God or Scientology or whatever, it's not 
okay, you know what? I'm going to steal this today. It's not stopping you like, hey, Jess Chantal, don't steal that. Don't do it. You got free will. And your life or wherever you live at, to an extent, you have free will. Like, I have free will to curse. Nobody's telling me, stop cursing. Stop talking about sex. You're a woman. You're married. Stop doing it. So why does it have to end in my partnership? You know what I'm saying? So if you don't have a free will in your partnership, like, okay, I just like the fact that I can still be myself. I can still be human. And of course, I'm not going to like I have at least like the chance to hurt you because you've gave me that open right. And I could talk to you about it. And sometimes when you hear yourself, you'll be like, the more I talk about this, the more I don't like it. Versus, mm. hey, this is a rule. You have to do this. You can't cheat on me. You have to cook. You have to clean. You have to fuck me on Tuesday. You have to fuck me on Thursday. Uh, <laughs> I've been married before. You got to fuck me better than my ex-wife. I got two baby mamas. You got to fuck me better than all them. Like when you have all these rules, you feel home down and you have to escape. And your definition of escape may be going to someone else that makes you feel the open-mindedness open that you want. Girl, the edible is kicking in strong today. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to read one listener letter for the second time and then I'm going to let you do your plugs. Let me pull it up. This person wanted to be anonymous. It's kind of long, but I'm going to read it to the best of my ability. And as, if you can't tell, I have a very southern accent. I'm from Mississippi. I've been living in Texas for a year and some change. Um, so you sound like you've been understanding everything I've been saying thus far, right? Of course. Yes. <laughs> and I, I love your, your, I was like, what am I going to hear? I, I cheated and I listened to some of your, uh, videos on your page. I was like, I got to hear how she sounds. Cause it's so many descents and it's beautiful. <laughs> it's yeah. I think it's the Canadian really. <laughs> I love it. And I, I hope to visit there one day. So this yeah. is the letter. I've been seeing this guy for a couple of days and I'm letting him come to see me. We always had great conversation and FaceTime. He was always sweet and respectful to me. He made me feel like a celebrity the way he admired me and noted things about me. Let's call him Damon. He's about six foot, brown skinned, has a boyish figure, yet strong, manly features. He had the warmest smile and head full of hair with these thick lips, the right shade of brown. His veins complemented his arms and he had nice shoulders. He has the hands of a man that can build a generation, yet create a waterfall in any pair of panties. Girl, did you write for Zane? Jeez. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> he has um, the hands of a man. Yeah, I'll read the part. He looked every bit of his early 20s, yet his personal and vibe was of a 32-year-old. Just chilling on the couch with him. Thinking of his features got me wet. I wonder what his sex was like. Is he the type to out of nowhere flirt and get on top of me? Saying things I wanted to hear and swoon me with his hands. Touching me, touching on me and kissing on me while slowly taking my clothes off. Is he a controller? The type that tells me what the fuck to do and I better do it. Or was he passionate? Putting, putting those juicy lips on my pussy. Kissing my clit softly and whispering sweet words to make me calm. Is he an asshole with a thick dick calling me his bitch and that my pussy is his and his only and shoving my head down to his dick and forcing his curve down my throat while gilding my head back and forth on his dick with his hands and stroking my hair? Or does he want me to take over him? 
to lay him down and let his body be my playground, warming his face in my thighs and letting his tongue guide me back and forth on his face and then use his big hands to place me on top of his dick and bounce me up and down until he erupts inside of me. I gotta go. He just pulled up. Damn, I'm wet. <laughs> Girl, you need to submit to Zay. That is exactly what I was thinking. She needs to submit and get this published. Hell yeah. Girl, you can make some coins. Do you hear me? <laughs> Hang on, though. I want the uh, I want the answer. Where's the follow-up where she tells us which one he was? I, listen, Miss Lady, because that's what I'm going to call you. Miss Lady, if you're hearing this, we, we read your letter. Please write back how he was. And keep the colorful description like you did. So if it was wet, make it colorful. If it was delicious, make it colorful. Like we we have to hear that because now I'm in tune. I'm about to steal yeah. some stuff. She said, "What did she say? Ride his tongue back and forth, <laughs> warming his face on my thighs." Yeah, that was a good one. It's about to get chilly too. How's the weather in Canada right now? You know, I'm not. I'm everything's too cold for me. <laughs> mm. it, it's not too bad yet. It's like fall time, but you know, I, I like me some. I like to sweat. I like to be hot. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, if you ever want to be, uh, um, what I used to work for Comcast and we called them snowbirds wow. where if they had service in, cause I think the closest to Canada we had was Detroit anywhere mm -hmm. in Michigan. So they'll be like, Hey, I want to um, put my services on seasonal hold. I'm going to Florida. You know, rich people had a timeshares and vacation yeah. homes. So I'm going to consider you a snowbird. So if you want to be a snowbird, come down to Texas. We have an extra guest room. I know you're filthy rich in sex and doctor money, but <laughs> most of the wealthy, if that's your terminology for having a decent amount of money to where you don't be nervous about the bills, I, they're very frugal. So if you ever want to come down here, I'll show you a good time. We can get lit. I will. I love Dallas. Way. <laughs> I love Dallas. I do too. I used That's to, um, yeah, I was visiting here and I was like, every time I left to go back home, I would be sad. And I'm like, why am I so sad? Mm. This doesn't make any sense. Yes. I'll come see you. And then when the borders open, you can come see me in Toronto. Okay. Yeah. Cause everybody's like, I know everybody's laughing at us right now. I'm not going to go in detail, but I know we are the laughing stock of the world right now. Oh. <laughs> so again, if y'all want to uh, have your listener letter read on the show, write in to info at theglassmic.com subject line advice are unscripted events. And if you want to get a follower to put your Instagram handle in it, or if you want to be anonymous, that's fine as well. Just let us know. Um, so Dr. Jess, this is your time to shine. Any plugs that you want to put in right now? I know you have a podcast too. Uh, this is your time to shine and tell us what you need us to do for you. Thank you. Yeah, I love chatting with you. I love your vibe. Uh, Y'all can find me at on the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. So straightforward. I host it with my partner, Brandon, my husband. And we talk about everything from how to have better anal sex to how to have more emotionally literate conversations. So relationship, sex, uh, everything in between. Uh, we recently did, uh, I'm trying to think, oh, last week we talked about men uh, having more vulnerable conversations. Uh, recently, we talked about our interracial relationship. Uh, and then we talk about oral sex techniques and how to just be better in bed. So check that out. My Instagram, Sex with Dr. Jess as well. And I just wrote a book called The Ultimate Guide to Seduction and Foreplay. Uh, and that's co-written by Marla Renee Stewart, who's another, she's just an amazing sexologist. 
And it's it's really about um, sexual theory and how to how to better understand yourself sexually. So lots of tools and exercises in that book for everyone. So yeah, thank you so much for having me. No problem. So if you all are interested in finding a partner who is as sexual intuitive as you, please submit your matchmaking Wednesday info to the glass mic on all social media platforms, or you can email info at the glass mic. Um, you can look on our page and see the requirements or you can DM us and ask. We'll be more than happy to answer. Also, if you want to sponsor an episode of the glass mic, same email, info at theglassmike.com. I am testing six toys out with some of the Amazon vendors. If you go on my Amazon storefront, which is the link in the glass mic bio, go to adult fun section. You'll see all the toys that I'm playing with. Of course, y'all know I love anything that makes my clit happy, which is a clit sucker or the clit stimulator. But listen, vendor, if you have something better, me and my girls all down for it and Cortez too because he loves playing with me. <laughs> also, after party, Patreon, y'all say y'all want to see visuals. Y'all got to see how gorgeous Dr. Jess is. Like, yeah, she's on Instagram. She takes these awesome ass poses, awesome ass pictures for Brandon, but the pictures don't do justice. If you want to see our recording, go on patreon.com slash the glass mic. You will not regret it. Also, I love the text messages and the DM saying that I hit a nail, that the guest was good, that you like the conversation and open and expose you. But please let Apple Podcasts know because that's where the money and the listeners come from, y'all. Subscribe, rate, and review to The Glass Mic on all major podcast platforms. Lastly, y'all know. My goal by the end of the year is to get the little 10K for my following. So please Ooh. follow me. Yeah, go ahead, pull your phone out, Dr. Jess, because if a blue check follow me, I, you already know I have like a little over 5,000 followers. I'm going to repost you and say, oh my gosh, she followed me. My followers going to be like, who is that? They're going to see you, fall in love with you, follow you as well. So it's a win-win. T-H-E-C-H-A-N-T-A-L-L-E-W-I-S. The Chantal Lewis. That's my personal. And of course, the glass mic, the way that it sounds. And I just want to thank you all for tuning into the glass mic where there is no script, just transparent talk. I want to thank Dr. Jess for making time with me. And this is very, um, like I said, it's no script. I want to thank Kelly so much. Kelly, if you're listening I love you. You have made my little day. When I go back and see how I've grown as a podcast and back to our first email, I'm like, you gave a chance on me. And that's all we ever want is a chance. So I respect Kelly and Dr. Just so much more. I want to thank y'all for supporting my brand. I want to thank the sponsors for supporting my vision and my brand. And as always, I do this for my family. I do this for my friends. But most importantly, I do this for the people. I'm Chantal Says It All. And as always, I love y'all. Hey, y'all. So I've created a personal subscription called Patreon for my followers, also known as the people, so that y'all can see and hear content that didn't make the show. 
So to get onto that, go on patreon.com slash the glass mic and pick the tier that's best for you. Of course, they're all budget friendly, but my personal favorite is the I'm all in tier because that one has the juiciest information, no edits, no cuts, some name drops, all of that good stuff. So again, go on patreon.com slash the glass mic and tune in. Thank y'all. I love my life.